Hello and welcome to the ADHD Fest podcast. My name is Tara Pratt and you are in the right place if you are newly diagnosed with ADHD, wondering if you need to get diagnosed with ADHD, maybe just neurodivergent generally or you suspect that you are and you're going to absolutely love it here, especially if you've also got a bit of an interest in the law of attraction because that is my number one interest. Anything psychology, law of attraction, I'm there. So you're going to absolutely love it here. I've got lots to share with you. And you are officially with me on episode one. This is my first ever time recording, so wish me luck. Um, It's taken a long time to get here because I'm sure you understand, hashtag ADHD. I've had this idea brewing for a long time. I've hyper-focused on it. I've written down a billion ideas, and then I've found it really hard to actually step up to the mic and record. So today is the day we're officially episode one. You may find in the listings of episodes, you know, like a little trailer or something. But other than that, here we are. It's episode one. What should we talk about? Well, let's tell you about me for a second. I was diagnosed um, August 2021. So just over a year ago now, I'm recording this in November 2022. Diagnosed with inattentive ADHD. And I had absolutely no idea that I had it. I had absolutely no idea what ADHD really was. I didn't realize you could have it as an adult and I didn't realize it was like a lifelong thing. I just thought it was a behavioral thing, which I think a lot of my generation were brought up to believe. I'm now 36, just turned 36. So I was diagnosed when I was, I was 34 at the time. So it was just before my 35th birthday. And it was a shock, but it was also a massive relief because I have always been into um, self-improvement, self-help. I've always been very creative, always entrepreneurial, and I could just never quite get to that finish line. Um, Always doing something, never stopped, but never finished it off. And it was really frustrating. And I ended up doing what I think a lot of us do which is I blamed myself and I just thought I was a bit of a rubbish human. So it was a nice relief to find out that actually there is a reason behind this. I don't have to resign myself to the fact that I'm just a rubbish human. So in the last year and a bit, I really have come to understand myself. I'm no expert whatsoever. I'm hoping maybe I'm just a little bit further along the line than you are as a listener and maybe I can give you a bit of advice because I know there's lots and lots of us now that are discovering this and don't quite know where to start. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing but I do feel like I've learned a lot in a year and I'm ready to share it with you because I think the more people that can share their experience the better at the moment. We're just crying out for content. In the past I have been a YouTuber and really enjoyed that but I just think podcast now is so much more helpful. And also as an ADHD, I find it really helpful to have a podcast go in while I'm trying to do other more mundane tasks. And obviously we like to have a few tasks on the go, but like driving on a long journey, I like a podcast, cleaning, any type of cleaning, which I find absolute drudgery. I like to have an inspiring podcast on and I'm hoping what that's going to be, that is going to be this for you. Sorry, I'm falling over my words here. I'm very excited. Today is a semi-burnout day for me. So I'm not in full burnout mode because there's no way I'd be able to record this. Um, But I'm also not 100% my best. And I thought about delaying it again. I thought about waiting until I was really in a high vibe energy so that I could give you my best. And then I thought, hang on a minute. 
this is an ADHD podcast. Why would I do that? We've got to share warts and all. So, yep, today has not been the best day for me. The last few days have not been the best day for me. There's been a lot of lying in bed. But I have got little jobs here and there done. And I'm hoping that ticking this one off the list is going to be a big win for me today. So, after that intro... Today's subject is going to be finding your purpose with ADHD. You may have found your purpose already. You may have your dream career. And if you have, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad. A lot of us do struggle with finding our one thing that we're good at because we're so interested in so many things. We do find it difficult to pin down that one thing that we really love and I know a lot of people with ADHD as adults particularly undiagnosed when they look back they realize they've gone from job to job or career to career or set up multiple businesses and they feel like a sense of guilt and shame that they haven't found that one thing that anchors them that one identity building career that they can hang their hat on and say, this is me, this is what I do. And I know we can look around at our neurotypical peers and believe that they have it all figured out. Here's a secret for you, they don't. Um, They struggle too. But I think we in particular, we find this hard because having ADHD can often lead to low self-worth, particularly when it's undiagnosed because you don't realise, you know, as I did, I just thought I was a bit lazy. I thought I was a bit rubbish. So you end up with low self-worth. You feel generally different. And for me, I was always trying to prove I'm capable of what my peers could do. Obviously, this was before I knew I had ADHD, but always trying to prove you're just as capable as everyone else. The lack of dopamine means that we have generally a lack of consistent motivation and I know particularly in the entrepreneurial world um, and the world of self-improvement the big message is consistency is key that's all you hear consistency is key if you work at something daily just small incremental changes every day compounds and makes all the difference well that's great in theory and I always think I can do it but then when you come to do it you go hard at it for like a week and then you either completely forget that's what you were doing and like a month later you're like oh my god I was meant to be being consistent every day or you just lose the motivation and then you think oh I can't be consistent so I can't be successful which is a really damaging um damaging thing again for your self-worth and also the lack of dopamine or the search for dopamine I should say um can lead to shiny object syndrome So basically, you are fully into a business idea. You're so excited about it. It's like, you know, it's the one you feel passionate. You're really going for it. And then something else pops into your head. Another opportunity presents itself in front of you that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're currently doing. And you just can't resist. You get excited about that. You drop what you've been working hard on and you move to the next thing. And this is a repeating pattern. So what it means is that you never actually get anything done. Um, So for me, the way this played out in my life, um, I was put into dancing at a very young age. Um, We were a bit of a show business family. So I was dancing, singing, and I did well at it. And I also loved school, loved to learn. I think a lot of us do, Um, whether that's academically or not. We're curious humans. Um, And... 
I kind of was the jack of all trades, which I know is a big theme with ADHD. I could do quite well at a lot of things. Um, and when I came to leave school, I mean, I was terrible in school. I was never in, but it was one of those things where I was never in. I couldn't revise. I didn't do my homework. And then I got like A's in GCSE. Um, but I got to A-level and you couldn't quite wing it in the same way. It was a lot of coursework and I wasn't doing well. I did get a uni place um, doing biology, but it was like a deferred year and I had to do a foundation level to do it. And I just knew I couldn't get myself to do that. So I ended up in dance college, which I was like, yes, this is my vocation for life. And then left dance college and I was like, actually, I want to be an actress. So I worked in that and then I was like, actually, I need something to get me through. So I'm just going to do this beauty VRQ. So I did that. Then I was working in retail. Then I was starting a business. Then I worked in a corporate office for a year, which absolutely was the worst, the worst job for me. Cannot do a nine to five. Um, But basically, I've done well in lots of things, but never found that one thing. And it really just... It really damaged my self-worth. I just thought, when will I find my dream career? Everyone tells you, find your purpose. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I just really wanted something for me. And it was damaging. It was making me feel bad about myself. I was embarrassed to tell people when I was starting a new business after a while because I've had that many. I was felt like a huge flake. And then... Sometimes because I was embarrassed to tell them about a new business and I'd drop an old business idea, I'd see a friend in a couple of months and they'd be like, oh, how's that business going? And I'd be so, I'd be so far past that. I forget I was even doing that, but I'd be embarrassed and I wouldn't know what to say. So I'd just be like, oh yeah, it's going really well. And then change the subject and ask them about their career or their kids or whatever. Um, so it was just this vicious cycle really of moving from thing to thing never quite finishing anything. After my diagnosis, I took a break from it all. I just realized I need to stop. I need to find out what ADHD is, work with myself and try and find ways to make maximize my life, find my best life with ADHD. And it took a long time. Um, I'm very lucky in the fact that um, my husband could support me at the time so I could take that time out um, and not everyone has that and I know that and if that's you and you don't have the time to do that then try to find yourself the lowest stress job for an income that you can for a little while and just try and muddle through and give yourself that space and time to understand the meaning of this. It's not really a new life because you've had it for your whole life. Nothing has changed. Just because someone puts a label on it doesn't make you any different. It doesn't mean you suddenly have something that you never had before. You've always been you. It's always been a part of you, but it's just coming to terms with all the coping strategies you put on top of yourself, all the semi white lies you've told yourself over time. And what I mean by that is like, for example, I have always said, oh, I've got a terrible sense of direction. Oh, I'm awful. Yeah, I've got a terrible sense of direction. And just make a joke about it. But actually, when I stepped back and understood what is my level of understanding of directions, can I get myself from A to B, I realized it was much worse than I was actually letting on to myself. 
I couldn't get from one point to another in a town I've lived in for all my life, 30 years, without a sat-nav. I physically knew where the roads were, but if I thought about it, I couldn't get myself there unless I've done a journey at least like 15 times. It doesn't stick in my brain. And it's little things like that that made me realise, wow, how have I never noticed that that's not, quote-unquote, normal? Um, So it's those little white lies that we've been telling ourselves that we don't admit to ourselves fully our weaknesses. We might acknowledge them, but we don't fully acknowledge our weaknesses. Um, And it also means we don't fully acknowledge our strengths either. We make light of them because we can't be consistent We tell ourselves we can't do something. That's another lie we do. So if we can't exercise every day, we're like, oh, I'm so unhealthy. I hate exercise. Well, actually, no. If you can just do it twice a week or even just pick it up as and when and you enjoy the class, it doesn't mean you don't enjoy exercise. It just is part of ADHD. It's just part of the acceptance of being neurodiverse. Some days you're going to love it and some days you're not. And that's fine. And it's accepting the unpredictability of it. It's a completely unpredictable thing to be neurodiverse. You have no control over it. And I think that is what a lot of us are trying to do when we're striving for this purpose. We're looking for control. The fact is we have a lot of pressure from society to find that one thing. And it gives us a sense of, oh, I'm just struggling because I haven't found my one thing. Once I find my one thing, I won't struggle anymore. And the fact is, it's not true. You will struggle. Everyone struggles. But particularly when you're neurodiverse, you will still have struggles. You can't 100% control life, whether you're neurodiverse or not. And looking for this one purpose is trying to control something that isn't controllable. As I was struggling with this and I gave myself that reflection time, I started listening to podcasts and um, I came across one podcast, which I stupidly haven't noted down the name of it, but I'll put it in the show notes underneath. I think the lady was called Emily and she was talking about multi-potentiality. She's actually got a book about it and I'll put that in the um, show notes as well. Multi-potentialites, which to me sounds like ADHD is, um, it's just a different word for it. And I'm assuming people who are undiagnosed. Society has put this pressure on us that you have to find this one forever career and that's who you are and that's what you're going to be. But the fact is, who made that the rule? That is not a real rule. That's not reality. You could have 10 different purposes if you want. You could have 10 different careers and I'm not talking about one after the other. I'm talking about at the same time. And a friend said this to me because she was like, well, I know you have this urge to be creative. I know you enjoy numbers. I know sometimes you like quiet time. I know sometimes you like exercise. Why can't you do all of them? Why couldn't you on Monday be a Zumba teacher? On Tuesday, Wednesday, work in a library. On Thursday, do some ADHD coaching calls with people. Friday, This is what I'm saying. You can set up your life in that way. And I understand when you hear that at first, you might find some resistance to that. You might think, well, that's not possible. That's not possible for me. I've got bills to pay. That would be embarrassing. That would take so much work to set up. And you're right and you're wrong. If you're in a full-time nine to five and you love it, please stay there. You don't have to listen to me. Please jump to the next podcast. If you have a full-time nine to five and you hate it, 
or you semi-like it, but you wish you could be doing something else, you can. I can't sit here and tell you exactly how you're going to do it because that's an individual thing. But there's a lot of women who, when they become mothers and they're in full-time jobs, they go down from five days to three days or five days to four days. Is there a way for you to minimize the hours in your full-time job and fill it up with other incomes? If you need a certain level of income, then don't drop what you need. But are there other ways that you could make the same amount of money while being more fulfilled? It doesn't have to be the same amount of money. You could make more. But I'm just talking about fulfillment at the moment rather than money. If you have a desire to do multiple things, have multiple interests, you can set your life up that way and there's nothing wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with changing your mind either. Give yourself permission to live your life how you want to live it. Yes, it might be hard to make those changes and I would suggest that you take a step back and really sit with yourself and work out what you want and why you want it because the mistakes I was making was I always thought I was striving for myself because that's what I wanted. On reflection over the year, I've realised that being undiagnosed, feeling that little bit less than my peers and not fitting into the mould, I felt pressure because they went to uni, because they went into full-time jobs, and I didn't do that, I went my own way. And this isn't from them at all, this is just me. I felt like they were all expecting me to fail. They were expecting, you know, I was stepping out on my own in a different direction to them, and their way is the done way, that's the path to success. And I thought, right, well, I've got something to prove now. I've got to prove that me going my own way isn't a failure and I can be just as happy and just as fulfilled and just as successful. Um, And that's never a great place to come from, trying to prove something to other people. Yes, I went my own way. And now I realise I went my own way because of undiagnosed ADHD. I didn't have the capability at that time to go down the route they were going down because I didn't have the support. I didn't know I needed the support. Um... If I wanted to go back that way now, with this newfound information, I would. As it happens, I don't really want to. I like being a creative. Um, I like doing things like this, like this podcast. Um, so for me, I'm glad it's all worked out anyway. Being diagnosed or not, it's worked out anyway. But what I've been able to do by giving myself that permission to be a multi-potentialite or whatever they like to call it, is I can feel proud of myself now. And actually, now that I've relaxed and given myself that space, given myself the permission to not have this one true career and purpose, I've actually been able to hear the people around me and what they're saying. They've always told me these things, but I've never fully taken it in. A lot of my friends really admire me for taking a step out on my own. A lot of my friends, my husband in particular, he made a comment years ago. Um, We went to like, You know the classes you go to when you're pregnant where they tell you what's going to happen in pregnancy and stuff. And uh, the husbands had to each go around the room and each husband had to say what they loved most about their partner. Everyone else had said, oh, she's really strong. Oh, she's great organizer. Oh, she's this, she's that. Anyway, it got to Pete and he goes, I really love the way Tara is good at everything. She can really turn her hand to everything. And I love that and I find it whatever he said 
And I remember at the time being really disappointed that he'd said that because A, I didn't believe it. I was like, what a lie. I'm not good at anything. Like there's nothing I can say. I'm the best in that area. So A, I thought he was lying. And B, I just thought, well, that's not even a impressive thing. Like to be good at everything. Don't you want to be an expert in something? And I just couldn't receive that compliment. Now, looking back on it, I think it's the sweetest thing he ever could have said. I see that it is true. If you're given a problem, especially in a crisis, we're going to find a way to make those connections in our brain and solve that problem. And we can become good at things. I think that's why a lot of us are hyper-independent. We want to do everything ourselves. We can't do the basics, but we could like tile a room if we needed to from YouTube videos. Um, put together a car engine I don't know we could do so many things we are those type of people that can if needed turn our hand to anything and I think that's such a great thing now because I feel proud of having all these interests and living this exciting life doing different things every day I can really receive that compliment and I think it's so sweet and it's sweet that he knew that about me before I knew that about me so I've, I've written notes for this podcast, of course. I haven't looked at them really once. So I'm just going to look through my notes in case there's anything I've missed out. Basically, I've written here, you can set up multiple call-ins without the pressure, pressure of it being a lifelong commitment. And if it does turn into a lifelong commitment, then that's amazing. That is great. But that's not what you want to go in. That's what puts the pressure on you. If you go in thinking, what is going to be my lifelong love? What is going to be my commitment, my career, my purpose? It puts way too much pressure on you. And particularly with us being perfectionists, that's where the ADHD paralysis and overwhelm is going to come in because it's too big. It's too big of a decision to make. Set up multiple things. And if one of them accidentally becomes that true purpose of yours, great. And if not, that's okay too. Some ideas of what you could do. I thought I'd just throw this in at the end um, because I know I like to hear other people's ideas and you may hate all of these. I don't even know where I came up with them from, but may as well share them because I've written them down now. You could be a consultant of some type, ad hoc. So this is a way of being a freelancer and having your own business without it being all like marketing and sales and stuff. Consult in your field. So for example, for me, I worked in a family business, a theatre production company for like 10 years. I've done literally every job you could possibly do theatre-wise. On stage, behind the scenes, admin, hiring, firing, contracts, the lot. So there's nothing to stop me from writing to a theatre production company and offering my services just as a general consultant for them. And in that way, I could choose my own hours and make some money. You could do a really low stress, no experience job. They're everywhere, no experience jobs. They could be in person. They could be from home. The lower stress, the better, I'd say, when they're no experience jobs. Or you could volunteer. You could do podcasting like this. It's easier than you think. You could do creative product selling. So one of my hobbies at the moment is crochet. And I've been crocheting little just animals for my little boy. And it's not going to be, it's just, it's literally a hobby for me. But that could be some kind of creative hobby. You could always sell those. You could go to like a car boot and sell them with old clothes or you could sell them online on Etsy or something. You could do gardening if you like to get outdoors. 
and it's low um, contact with people as well. You could do delivery driving, again, low pressure. You get to listen to audiobooks all day and podcasts while you're driving around. You could train to teach something and do it on like Saturdays or whatever. Any, the list is absolutely endless of like one-off jobs you can do for a day here, a day there and fill in around either your main source of income or if you can manage it, you could get lots of little sources of income and make your money that way. So I hope this has helped. I hope I haven't rambled on too long and I do hope that my audio has been good throughout because as I say, this is the first one that I've ever recorded. Been super chatty. I hope I haven't gone too fast for you. Maybe it's a good thing. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. I'm going to be back with a few more podcasts. I'm actually, here's a little tip for you. If you are inconsistent, whenever you get a burst of inspiration, batch, batch, batch. I learned that from Denise Duffield Thomas. She's got a great book called Chillpreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, and she was recently diagnosed with ADHD. Um, But one of her main tips is to batch your content if you are a content producer. So I'm actually going to sit here and try and record some more podcasts while I'm in the mood for it. So the next three or four episodes could be pretty chatty, could be a similar vibe. Um, But do let me know. I'm over on Instagram. I'm just at ADHDfest, F-E-S-T. I'm also on Facebook. I also have a website, ADHDfest.com. But um, there's not much on there because I hyper-focused on setting everything up and I haven't quite filled that out yet. I'm on TikTok also, ADHD Fest again. You can basically find me everywhere, ADHD Fest. Come and say hi and I'll see you all on the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.